Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Matt Colson from Heron Financial joining me. Matt and his business partner, Warren, started Heron Financial in 2011. And if anyone follows their business, they'll know that Heron is an absolute juggernaut when it comes to the mortgage world. One thing about Heron I'm really impressed with is the way that they're always looking to morph as the world changes. So they've had rebrands, new websites, and investment into their very own client portal, Everglades. They're always staying ahead of the curve. So I'm excited to see how Matt runs the business whilst always being able to change when needed if anything happens. So with over 30 staff in the business, Heron has also sorry, Heron are also into investing in their team with a heavy focus on apprenticeships. And I really think people will be eager to hear about what the hiring and training process looks like, especially during now when there's a lot of support from the government to hire people and more companies needing help with it being so busy in the property market. So I'm sure everyone will find this podcast very useful. So Matt, first of all, thanks very much for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really well. Thanks. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, good. You were just saying before we started the podcast, you're having work done to the house and you've had to stop the builders rattling against the wall, haven't you? I have had to stop the builders rattling against the wall. Yeah, they glared at me from the top of a scaffold um, <laughs> and, I, and I promised I wouldn't take any longer than half an hour, which you'll probably be relieved at as well. Um, I won't bore you to tears. Um, otherwise, you're going to start hearing some unannounced banging on the wall. Um, <laughs> oh, they're going to start. Yeah, which is my signal to leave, I think. So yeah, we've got, we've got a half an hour window for me to, to bore you enough. Awesome. Right. I'm going to try and cram it as much as possible then. No worries. So before we get to the success of Heron, could you give us a little bit of a lowdown of what you did before you were a mortgage broker then? Yes. Yeah, so so um, it's it's more or less all I've ever done. Um, so uh, very brief potted history. I, I left school um, after sixth form, went to university in, under a bit of duress. I never really particularly liked the idea of it, but it seemed to be the, the, the done thing. Um, went there for... I think it was three months. It might have been four months. It wasn't long, um, and decided fairly quickly that you know this uh, this isn't for me, and 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 left. Um, having had the conversation with parents at the time, the, the the attitude I think from their side was basically, well, that's fine. You know, you don't have to go, um, but you're going to have to pay your way now. Then, um, so <laughs> so very quickly, um, the reality hit, and. Um, my old man introduced me to somebody in the industry that he was part of, which is this industry that I'm still in now, um, who very kindly agreed to initially take me on as a bit of a trainee, if you like. But to be honest, I was the T-boy um, and, and lots of photocopying and filing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was that was my introduction to this world. Um, and very grateful um, to the people who gave me a chance at that early stage. And, and I think just from that point onwards, the thing about our industry is that once you're in it, you, you, you're that exposed to people who have succeeded that it is very inspiring. So, you know, from, from the moment that I joined as the, as the kid who was, you know, in a terrible suit and tie making cups of coffee for clients who came in, you're immediately looking at these people who've, who've been doing it for years and they're really successful. And you think, well, this is clearly what I want to do now. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of all I've ever known, really. Um, prior to Heron in 2011, um, from, from that starting point as the T-boy, that was up in Newcastle or just outside Newcastle. Um, I got a job for a firm in Sheffield. 
um, and similar sort of business. They were the ones that that um, allowed me to go through my CMAP exams, get all of that done. Um, and again, I was a, I was a bit of a power planner there. So step up from from making tea, it was more um, a bit of sourcing on the mortgage and protection side, sitting in on client appointments, doing some observations. Um, until eventually they sort of let me loose with a few existing clients who were feeling sympathetic again towards the, the kid in the bad suit and tie. Um, and that, and that was when I started to advise. So that was, um, that was probably 2007. Um, and, and very promptly after that, the world ended, um, with the financial crash. Um, so I think I'd been advising literally, I don't know, a month or two. Um, really? Just yeah, before and, it went. Yeah, just before it went. Um, I mean, I'd been in the industry, obviously, doing the, the whole power planning thing prior to that. But literally, I was like, yep, yeah, this is it. Now I've got my C-maps. Look, this is going to be amazing. Um, and then it went and it, and it, and it went rapidly downhill. And, and that company that I worked for went from, I think at the peak, they had 48 people mm-hmm. um, down to five, um, of which I was one of the five. Um, I think because I was the only one naive enough to accept no salary for a period of time and everybody else realized that no salary was never getting paid back. Um, and, and I sort of slogged that out for two or three months, realized I didn't have any money left because um, I said I'd rent to pay. Um, and, and then just started to sort of pick up the phone to contacts and say, you know, could I get a job somewhere else? It seemed at that stage like London was the only place where you could get a mortgage. Um, and so um, I went down to London, um, met, I think it was four uh, different company owners, bro- broker brokers, um, in the space of a day, and, and one of them was kind enough to give me a chance. So um, that's where I then ended up, and, and spent probably, I think, three years there, just over three years there, and and following on from that, here we are, started here in 2011. So a bit of a bumpy ride, a sort of gradual journey south, mm-hmm. um, but lots of interesting things on the way. Wow! So you just upped and left from Sheffield. You thought I need a job. Need yeah, to, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, yeah, I mean, hindsight was very, very sort of weird thing to do, um, given that it was a complete risk. Um, I think I was lucky in the sense that my mom had just um, taken a contract on in London. So she was going to be there for six months on a contract with the work that she does. Um, and so it didn't feel as scary because I wasn't just turning up in this big city as a, as a kid on my own. It was like, well, I can live in this spare room that my mom's got for six months. And if it doesn't work, I'll come back. Yeah. Um, and of course it did work. And, uh, you know, I'm still South now um, with no Geordie accent left. And yeah, that's where I'm originally from, but the accent is gone and I'm eternally reminded of the fact that I've gone soft um, <laughs> by family and friends whenever I go back up North. So yeah, you're not a true Northern uh, now, are you? Yeah, no, I've abandoned my roots and all that stuff. I'm, I'm used to all of that. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, it was, it's, it's a funny thing because it, you, I look back on it now and even just telling you, you know, I don't often talk, talk to people about this, but I look back at it now and just think, God, there's a lot of risks there. Uh, but I think it's that thing where you're young, you can take those risks. You don't yeah. have any responsibilities. You haven't got, you know, wives and husbands and kids and mortgages and, you know, all, all the level of responsibility that you just kind of attract um, as you get older. And, and I think maybe that was a bit of a blessing that I was able to, just almost drop everything because there was nothing to drop, if that makes sense. Good, but you weren't leaving anything behind, where I suppose, apart from family and things, but there wasn't yeah. a career there for you because, as you said, the sounds like the industry, we knew it was on its ass at the time, wasn't it? Well, it absolutely was, yeah. And, and, and as I say, I think I think unless you were in London and the southeast, 
um, there wasn't much out there for you because, of course, you, you know, you had, a, you had a real problem with house prices that, you know, some areas, you know, where I'm originally from, it still hasn't recovered. I think it just about recovered up to 2007 levels in the last, last quarter of last year. Um, and, and, you know, you had a negative equity position on more or less every property that had a mortgage on it. Um, and so it, I, I had to be there. Um, and, and the, you know, since then, I've, I've, I've not been able to leave, frankly, because you, you, you kind of get you get sucked into the vortex that is being in the southeast. Um, sometimes I look quite enviably on, on mates of mine who run businesses like mine elsewhere in the country and think, you know, I would quite like that every now and again, because there is an intensity. And, and I can say that um, not from the sort of ivory tower, arrogant London attitude that I think you sometimes do get. And, and absolutely, I see it from from colleagues in our industry. Um, but I, I, I say it having done the job in other parts of the country as well, that there is a different level of expectation down here that's, that can crush you. Yeah. Um, so but it's, really, it's, it's a good thing. It's a big risk. As you said, it's a massive risk to move down there. But why did you then take the risk to leave employment and set up? Because it's 10, I've just realised it's 10 years this year that you've been running Heron. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be 10 years in September. Um, why did you want to create your own firm then and not just go and get a job and have that safety of the, the pay every month? I think, again, you know, naively thought I can do this better. And I, and I don't mean that disparagingly because I was so lucky to work in a firm that was superb um you know superbly run phenomenal processes many of which were the basis of the processes that we have formed um you know brilliant team uh, fantastic clients and 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 so when i say i thought we could do it better i don't mean it, that was an obvious choice it, it it just i just felt like i could change things and do things my way mm -hmm. um again very naive in, in terms of that approach but um, I'm glad I did it. I mean, at the time, I, honestly, I can remember every single person that I spoke to without fail saying, are you sure you want to do this? Really? Is this, is this, are you sure about this? Because, you know, we still hadn't really recovered economically. You know, we, we, we weren't in a, in a housing market that was booming by any stretch in, in 2011. Um, and we started to sort of come back. But, and, and as I say, I was working for a fantastic business. And, and in theory, the track was there, you know, the, the, the sort of the path was laid out in front of me. I was very lucky to have that. Um, and, and at the time, literally, it was it was wall to wall, almost people trying to dissuade me. Mm. Um, and, and I think I can sort of standing from where I am now, um, you know, in my mid 30s, looking back on that, I can think, well, actually, yeah, maybe they had a point. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> a bit weird. I can't say that because it's been bloody successful. So well, you yeah, can't it, say they had a point. <laughs> it has, but, you know, you, 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 you ride your luck at times and, you know, we, we've had a lot of good fortune and we've got good people and, and I think that was a big a big sort of stroke of luck you meet good people along the way and you bring them into the team but yeah I remember thinking back at the time that this this um this is an obvious choice for me but I look back at it now and think well was it that obvious so I think it was just a desire to do it better that was that was what I thought and I suppose your own way as well and that's when you think is yeah. better and you've done something that hopefully people that are listening are in a, in a similar position where Heron got that big that you almost needed to take a step back from the mortgage broker, didn't you? And and what they say, work on the business rather than in the business. Yeah. When did you do that? And how did you find that transition? Because you must have been so focused on working in the business, then taking a step back. Wow, what do I do with this time? It was very, very, very hard. One of the hardest parts of the journey, actually. Um, yeah, and, and I get asked this question fairly frequently by um, other people in the industry who want to want to do it 
Um, and it's mainly, you know, when I when I am asked, it's mainly because I think they've sort of half tried and found it incredibly difficult, and they, they almost want some reassurance from me that, God, is it was this was this that hard for you, you know, or have I just done something wrong? And, and it, it is hard. Um, I think it was a it was a two year process. Wow, that um, all, all in, um, and that was to go from the sort of Warren and I, you know, my business partner Warren and I. We're the main business writers, you know, we, we, we were the business for most people, you know, you know, we were called Heron Financial, but it was Matt and Warren, right? You, the, the clients knew us as that, our introducers knew Matt and Warren, it was, it was the Matt and Warren show. And to move from, from that, where you are seeing every client, you're giving every bit of advice, you're doing all of the running around. Yes, you've got kind of an administration team behind you who do all the actual hard work while you just take the glory. But it is, <laughs> it, it, it's a tricky transition to go from that to not giving any advice. I don't give any advice now um, other than I think, I, I think I have to give two or three bits of advice a year to keep my license. Right. Um, so every now and again, some unfortunate old client of mine has to deal with me um, rather than somebody far more talented than me. Um, <laughs> but broadly speaking, I, I don't, I, I don't do much of it at all. Um, and the way that we managed to do it, we, we were very lucky to stumble on the apprenticeship scheme mm-hmm. um, and since then, that's something that we've been super passionate about because it's just, I mean, it's, it's amazing for the business owner because you end up with phenomenal people in your team who only know your way. They've got the right attitude. You can cherry pick them. You can mold them. It's like bringing up your kids. Um, but also for the people involved, it's amazing because they get to go from a position where, a little bit like the one I was in when I left university after four months, not really knowing what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, to then being qualified, you know, giving advice or, or running a team if they're not on the, on the mortgage advice side or the protection advice side. And, and we stumbled into that. And I was able, through working closely with one of those apprentices that we brought through, to, to turn him into my shadow basically um, your protege almost more or less i was going to say a mini me but you know he's, he's a lot bigger than i am so that wouldn't that wouldn't be right <laughs> which isn't saying much um so no he, he was he was sort of my my right hand man if you like and 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 he watched me learned from me and and is now a phenomenal superb mortgage advisor in his own right you know one of the best i've ever seen um not nothing to do with me obviously um he was you know he, he thankfully stopped, stopped listening to me fairly soon after uh, i let him get on with his own stuff so he he started coming along to meetings with me um at the outset he was doing some of the sourcing he was he was it was almost like a, i'd set him a little test i'd say right we've had that meeting now you go away mm-hmm. go and source it tell me come back and tell me what you would recommend to that client um and, and we'd start like that and as time went by, he was getting it right more often than not. And then he was getting it right every single time. Um, and that was when we were able to fully transition it across. But that was a two-year process of clients still calling me up and saying, hey, Matt, can you help me with a mortgage? And I'd, I'd almost have to sort of position it as, well, I'm working in conjunction with this person now, and we work on it together. Well, hand um, baton, I suppose. It must be very hard to hand that baton over because very. you are, I can imagine the type of person that you are, you're very... I forget the word you're very protective over your clients and you only want your clients to be dealt in a specific way but you can't teach that somebody overnight can you and it's no you can't and that's only one member of staff remember that's two years on one apprentice isn't it and now you've got 30 you haven't been in business 60 years but you do you know what I mean you've got 30 staff now where and I suppose you put a lot of trust in your management team, the way that you speak about your team, you think they're phenomenal. You know they're they're phenomenal. they're they're incredible. I mean, we we um we've got an amazing team, and 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 to be honest, it's it's a sort of 
it's a bit of a mixed bag because you've got how many have we got through who've come through as an apprentice now? I, I think we're up to sort of seven or eight now of, of the overall team who've come on that apprentice journey. And and by the way, um, you don't have to be an advisor. You know, it, it, we've had some people come through that that scheme who've gone on to run teams in the administration part of the business, which to me has always been as important, if if not more important, to be honest. I get on, I get on my high horse a little bit when I think I think sometimes people talk a bit quite disparagingly in this industry about, oh, it's, you know, this is my admin. Well, you know, actually without your admin, you wouldn't exist. Yeah. So we, we, we've had, we've had people um, come through all different angles on that. We have also, of course, as years have gone by in, in more recent years, because we've become bigger um, sort of cherry picked people from the competition in inverted commas um, and, and, and recruited more experienced people. And, and we've now got that really nice blend of people who've always known Heron and that's what they, that's what they do. Um, and people who've come from outside and brought new ideas with them. Um, but the management team that we've got, um, they do everything. Um, I, I'm just the sort of smiling, nodding bloke who, who waves and, and does videos um, and says, says things that I'm told to say. Um, but without them, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we are. That they, we, we broadly sort of chop the business up into departments and, and, and give responsibility to a person to run that team. So you've, you've got an applications team, you've, you've got a, a compliance team, um, you've got operations, which which is comprised of both our progression team, so all the client handholding stuff, and our business development team, which is rapidly growing because that's that's an area that we found has has almost set us apart a little bit. Um, and and I don't think it's possible. It certainly wouldn't be possible for me to get half the stuff done that I do without having them just deal with stuff. And I, I find that you know, yes, we are to a degree reasonably dictatorial in terms of the direction of the business, the sort of vision of the business. Mm-hmm. But within the little nuts and bolts, I just let them get on with it because they're far more qualified than me to deal with it. And, and that's that, I think, has allowed us to grow more quickly. And what do you look for in a new member of staff, regardless if it's an apprentice or if it's somebody that's experienced? Are there certain qualities that you look for in somebody? Attitude, 100 um, percent. Yeah, it sounds like a cliche, but it's really true uh, because respectfully, you know, crikey, I, I, I did it. So that shows you how easy it is to go and get your C-maps. Um, and I think C-map. Yeah, once you yeah, finish I mean, your C-map, you learn how to pick up a mortgage broker. Exactly, it's like passing your driving test. But I, I, I think that that you know you, you can, to a degree, you can get people the qualifications. You can you you can get most people the qualifications when they need them. But I think what you can't train is that desire to want to succeed. Um, really, for me, that we we sort of tried to crystallise this a lot more in recent years, and 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 really think about what we stand for. And the most important thing is when we bring somebody new is we want them to care about the client because right. if they care about the client, then everything else naturally will follow because I know that we've created a model that will, it will almost force them into hitting the sales numbers that we need because they can't not because it's such a um, efficient conveyor belt that, that will continue to bring uh, high quality people in front of them to do their job. Um, uh, and I think that really, as long as they care, and they actually genuinely want the client to get the best possible outcome, then they've got to get, they've got a chance of getting a job with us because everything else you can train. That's, yeah. that's my opinion on it anyway. And you put a lot of processes in place, don't you? We'll just briefly touch on this because I know this thing that you've built, I don't want to say thing because that's almost <laughs> a derogatory, this absolute machine that you've built called Everglades. Yeah. It's, it's an all in one system, isn't it? So you spent, spent the last three years developing this whole new system. Yeah, I, I've um, I've been on a bit of a crash course in in IT. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still fairly IT illiterate, um, but it, it's 
it, it started out briefly as an idea because we were starting to drown under the weight of our own reporting. So we were dealing with lots of estate agents back at the time, um, few house builders then, but not really very many. Um, and Sorry, before you go into this, I'll just give everybody a quick idea. Ever, Everglades is a system that runs your business. You can put referrals in there. There's a client portal. Yeah. There's a direct yeah, yeah. management system, everything. And this is what Matt has built himself. All, all, all in one. Yeah. Sorry, I should have probably described what it was first. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I describe it as a sort of three in one. It's, it's a, a, a customer relationship management tool that we use in our day to day client correspondence. Um, they, they provide all their documents there on the client portal. And we also update all of our introducers on Everglades as well. Um, so it, it's cloud-based software um, that is a constantly moving target. It's, it's always changing. It's always improving. We, you know, we've, we've, um, we've brought Experian into it now. So you can do all of the AML checks. You can, a client can get a credit report and get a free copy of it. Um, there's, there's all sorts of funky stuff going on there, but it, it never stops growing. And, and, and it was born out of the fact that we were basically drowning under um, our own reports because the introducers that we worked with were so demanding that at one, one day I was just like, surely there's got to be a solution to this. We can't have two and a half members of staff spending the majority of their day sending reports to introducers that may or may not be getting read. Yeah. Um, so we decided, well, how do we bring that all in? And, and Everglades was born. Um, and, and that's now something that is getting active engagement, not only on the client side, um, but also on the introducer side. So all of the house builders, we, 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 it's taken years to train them into using it because they you have to form habits with people. Um, but they now, you know, they refer all their clients to us on Everglades. They log in and get their updates there. Um, they send us messages, they send us information. Um, and, and it's really massively cut down the amount of inbound calls, which a lot of which were basically, oh, can you tell me what's going on with Mr. Blogs, please? Um, and, and that's all gone. Um, and Mr. Bloggs himself, of course, doesn't need to do it either because he can log in and see what's happening there. And that's not because we don't want to talk to anyone. It's quite the opposite. We want to talk to people more, but we want to talk to them in a quality way. So it's more about having a conversation that's actually meaningful rather than saying, oh, well, your valuation's booked in and it's next Wednesday and it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Actually, we want to talk to you about, well, is it the right time to buy? Are there any other schemes I should be considering? What about the area? You know, the solicitor's having a bit of a problem. Can you talk to me about the legal process? Because they don't pick the phone up. And so what Everglades has done is it's it's streamlined all of the nuts and bolts of the, I guess, the boring bits of the day job, right? Um, and, and allowed us to then, when we are talking to clients, to talk to them in a more meaningful way. See, I love that. Whenever you, and I'm sure everybody listening to this, whenever you come across a problem, you then go and create a solution. So you spoke about, look, you can you couldn't carry on doing the business, giving mortgage advice. So you hired an apprentice to be your shadow. Then yeah. you say, look, we couldn't run the business anymore because two and a half people were updating people every week. So you mm -hmm. built a system for it. This is why I really wanted you on here to speak about Heron and say, if there's ever an issue, it's something where you develop something or you, you find a solution for the problem. Whereas I can imagine a lot of people, especially when you're in that day-to-day -day running of the business, thinks I'll get round to it eventually. Yeah, and, and, that, and that, is tr that is really tough. You, you know? can, um, can imagine, especially at the moment, how busy it is, but taking a step back and maybe looking into hiring an apprentice that can take some of that workload off you. Oh, that, I, I, I can't cool. speak highly enough of that scheme. Um, and, and, and it's been phenomenal. Um, I, I think everyone's a winner, really, when you get it right, yeah. because you get, you get somebody coming through with a career, you get a great, uh, you know, a great member of your team, 
I think you're right. I mean, and by the way, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, this, 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 none of this is instant. I mean, we're going 10 years now and mm. we still haven't got it right as far as I'm you're concerned. Learning every day, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, literally we've just made every mistake. I think that's, we're at the stage now we've, we've made more or less every mistake. Yep. So it, it, to me, I think if you, if you are coming across challenges within your business, the gen, nine times out of 10, there is probably quite a simple solution but it is taking that time and that is the hard bit. And I really struggle with that, to be honest. I really did find that difficult at the outset um, because you are juggling, but you need to take that time to think, right, I'm going to set an hour aside. This is a problem that I need to try and solve. I'm going to get my head around it. I'm going to watch a video. I'm going to listen to something. I'm going to read something. I'm going to call somebody who's been in the same situation. Whatever it is, I'm going to take action because nine times out of 10, the solution is quite simple. Yeah, but you've got to make the time to think of it. It's so tempting, especially at the moment when businesses, mortgage brokers are so busy. Mm. It's so tempting to think, oh, I could just see Mr. Smith in that hour, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just, or I could just do that bit of admin work that I've been meaning to do for the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> couple of months. Yeah, we yeah. could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. But talking yeah. about technology and going down this social media route, because you're very present on social media with your brandings. How mm. important do you think social media is for a business at the minute? Uh, if you'd asked me this question 18 months ago, mm -hmm. I'd have said not very. Um, and that was because I was a bit of a caveman, social media caveman. Um, and I think probably because I'm not a, personally a big social media user myself. Right. Um, and so I never really saw that mass appeal naively. Um, I didn't really see it as something that, that surely, you know, people aren't going to go and find a mortgage broker on the internet. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very wrong, obviously. Um, it was sparked like a lot of these positive changes by what happened uh, in March last year um, yep. and, and the pandemic that hit us instantly. I needed to pivot um, and Warren and I needed to pivot the business um, to be able to uh, get our message out there in a non-physical way. Um, and that was, that, was the, that was really the trigger behind it. Um, what I would say now is we aren't as slick as some on social media. We, we don't, um, we don't generate too many direct client leads from social media. We, we are funny enough starting to see more of that now. I guess it's because we're becoming a bit more established. Um, but for me, the biggest value in what we've done on the social media side of things is brand awareness. Um, and the, the sort of verification of us, yeah, um, yeah. which is, which is, it sounds like a strange thing. Well, to no, say. I like that. I've never um, heard anybody refer to it as that, but it's, it's verification of who you are, isn't it? It's a verification of who we are. It's, a, you know, I'm not just saying it. the stuff that we, we, we put out is, is a really accurate picture of what we are as a business. Um, and, uh, you know, a few examples, I've had people who we've, we've recently employed who came to the interview virtually, of course, because of what they'd seen of us on social media. And, and that was the, you know, and that was the, the clincher, if you like, in hiring somebody that's, that's going to add a lot of value to the business. We've had uh, introducers that are now working with us because they had a colleague who works in a different region that works with us who forwarded over one of our videos. Um, and so it's not, I think sometimes, you know, as mortgage brokers, we we're into this whole instant gratification thing, right? It's like, well, where, you know, where's the, I'm submitting a mortgage off it. You know, it's been two days now, what's going on? Um, and I think I was like that. Um, I think that's wrong. I think that actually you need to look at the social media side of your business as a sort of broad opportunity for you to soften your image, um, show people who you really are, because we've got some amazing people within our business. Um, thankfully, you know, far more capable than me um, and willing to go on a camera under duress when I sort of shove them in front of one. Um, that, that 
you are human and you're people and you're nice um, and you care about them. Um, and I think that more and more, certainly nowadays, with the majority of our clients being first time buyers, um, it's it's also an expectation. Like, it's weird if you don't do it. Do you know what I mean? It's funny if you if you Google somebody and they haven't got social media channels or a website, you then start to question that business. Does it exist? Mm. Are they a front? Are they actually real? But the yeah. big thing I love with your social content is it's very, very personal. There's only a few posts on there that aren't videos or photos of your team. Yeah. But the big thing, and this is what I speak to people a lot, you've got to have a mix of your blockbuster, beautifully polished images with the ring light on and it's very professional. Mm. But then you also need a mix of, I'm just holding my phone and doing a quick video for you guys. That yeah. brings in the, and you've got the great mix of those two. And that's obviously a company that you use is very skilled at what they do. And they've told you to do that, but it, it just gives you that just a softer, more personal edge on social media, I think. I'd agree. And, you know, it, it, you, you wouldn't be surprised. It's none of my work. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's people, talented people who tell us what to do. Um, and, and I think what's nice actually is that there are so many opportunities out there now for brokers to, to, to do this. So, you know, present company course included and I think that that it's there's no excuse to not to not do it um you know as you say we, we are busy as an industry personally speaking I am a bit of an eternal optimist I don't see that changing I think we're going to be busy now for a very very long time um and if you can't set aside one mortgage proc fee um or you can't set aside you know a couple of client fees uh, a month to really take seriously your proposition on social media. And I think you, I think it, it's an oversight. I really do. Yeah. Um, because we, we're not a million miles away now from, you know, Gen Z and, and, and God knows what will come next, uh, buying their houses. And they, they literally will not take you seriously unless you, you're putting yourself out there on the internet and, and, and talking about what interests you personally and what you stand for. Yeah. Um, and that is now a social expectation. And so I think if you're not doing it, you're going to be in trouble. That would be my take. And the thing is, you talk about, say, two client appointments. Mm. How long does it take you to do that social content yourself? It's going to be a lot longer than two client appointments oh. by outsourcing it. it. And that's not just me, because obviously I do the social media content. But any business, if I can take two hours of my time and pay for five hours of somebody else's time, it's worth much more to me. Completely. Um, I, I wouldn't know where to start with it. I mean, you, literally... I get sort of wheeled in front of a camera uh, once a quarter uh, and, and told to speak. Uh, and then I hand over the passwords to Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and all the rest of it. And that's it. And they um, you know, Yeah, that, that's it. And I think that I th why would I try and do something that I'm not an expert at? You know, what, what, why would I try and be clever by, you know, doing it all myself? I know fine. Well, I get so busy. You know, I'm, I'm looking as we're talking now, like, hundreds of emails bouncing in um, and that's that's a daily occurrence and you just think well how on earth am I going to put a post out and I'm, I'm not going to do it am I I'm not you know I might do it for a couple of weeks and then I'll get bored of it and I'll forget um, so I think you've got to, you've got to have a professional do it for you you've got to don't you mind me asking when it came to Everglades mm. why you decided to learn it all yourself opposed to kind of outsourcing it to somebody I think um, I mean we again we were very lucky we, we got a team um, a software team who we work with who are fantastic they're, they're a small boutique uh, operation who, who built everglades from 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 scratch um i think the reason i wanted to, to do that is because you know 
I know I am an expert on the mortgage and protection journey. That, that's basically the only thing I'm good at. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we could, we could systemize um, and digitize that journey mm-hmm. exactly as I envisage it um, in the real world. Um, and so I, th- I think because I, wa- I was very particular about how I wanted that to look and feel, I, I want, that's why I wanted to get involved. To be honest, the other part of it is I had the time as well because I'd managed to transition away from giving so much advice that I was able to, I was able to do it. Um, and it interested me as well. Um, and I think it's that fusion of, of my sort of old school approach to, you know, client, customer service, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then the software side of things coming from from the team that we work with, that was it. That it was the, the combination of the two that's brought Everglades to where it is right now. So you didn't just want to hand it off and leave it. You wanted to be really involved in that. Yes, because it was because it's it's the heart of the journey of the client. Now I knew what it was going to become, yeah. um, and and so it was so important that actually that that reflected what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, a, I think that what, what I've learned with the software side of things is it's, it's everything takes way longer than you, than you think it's going. Um, it's a, such a skit. It's like another language, isn't it? It's, it's, it literally is another language. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't begin to, you know, try and learn what these guys know, but it, it's, it, it was, it, it, I knew it was going to become the core of our client journey and therefore I had to be involved. Yeah. You wanted to know what was going on and how it works for the right. future. Yeah. Awesome. Right. right then. So I think I've, I've held you for about half an hour now. So I'd like to end the podcast with a strategy question. So okay. we're going to pretend that you've moved, you've moved back up North. You've gone even further North to the North of Scotland, you've right. got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What are the three things that you do to start generating leads as a brand new mortgage broker in the area? I think the first thing is I'd find a social media company. Um, okay, that would be interesting. Yeah, if I didn't have one already, because I think that, that you know that that verification process, you need it now. Um, you know, that's that's to me that's a, we'll never we'll never go back from where we are with that now. Yeah. Um, I think I'd I'd probably get out onto some of the if I'm not allowed to leave my little house in Scotland, which sounds very idyllic by the way. I like the sound of this. <laughs> um, if I'm not allowed to go anywhere. Um, then I'd probably start to contact um, other uh, business professionals online and, and just let them know what proposition we've got. And, and I still do that now. I mean, I still prospect now. Like, yeah. I, I will, you know, I'll go through my network. Um, I, I'll notice if there's a particular connection of somebody that I know that I'm, I'm interested in talking to. Um, and I'll ask them for an introduction. You know, can you email an intro to me and, and, and we'll talk about how we can help clients. Um, and then I think what I'd do uh, as the final part, if I'm, if I'm really as a, a standing start and I've got nothing, um, is I'd start to put on some webinars. And that's something that we've done a, quite a bit of recently as well. Um, and the nice thing about a webinar is the fact that you can sit like you and I are now in, in our homes and, and, and attend a webinar and you don't have to do anything and you don't have to go and drink bad coffee and, and you know, drive somewhere. Um, yeah. so I'd, I'd, I'd probably start putting on some webinars to to basically show showcase the proposition. Um, okay. So you, you, you've, you've got the social media stuff um, that you'd want to put out there and, and just give a sort of general feel of what it is that you do. I'd be networking to try and find people who could introduce clients to me. Um, and then I'd be putting on some events that you can build in with the networking and build in with the social media. Um, and then hopefully that's going to be your starting point of where you get your clients from. Um, can imagine it'd be very successful i can imagine doing those three things consistently over three six month period you're just going to start building loads of business aren't you 
debt, de- well, debt, particularly if it's got less to do with me and more to do with people who are talented. Who can, <laughs> you you put a lot of focus on other people, don't you? I, mean, I can imagine you're phenomenal at your job, but you do talk a lot of other people up to say it's about having the right team around you, isn't it, I suppose? It's absolutely about having the right team. I mean, we, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now without the, the people that we've got. That's the, that's the top and bottom of it. You know, I'd be... I'd still be sat there trying to work out, you know, how to fax Barclays or, or sit on hold for three days or whatever it is. All about, all about the team. Perfect way to end it. So thank you so much for coming on, Matt. As a, as a thank you, I donate £10 to a charity of every podcast guest choice. So yes. which charity do you want to donate to? So, so we uh, work really closely and support a charity called Create. Um, so Create, are they, they do phenomenal work, and particularly over the last 12 months, they've really come to the fore. They... They use creative arts to uh, primarily reach out to young people who are um, a carer, a, a primary carer for maybe a, a disabled parent or a grandparent um, or, or a sibling. Um, and, and these are people that are forced to become adults whilst they're still kids. Um, and what Create do is through creative arts and music and performance and things like that, um, they, they get these people together and show them that they're not alone in that in that world which can be very lonely and, and, and kind of relentless um and they give them a bit of childhood back and a bit of fun and a bit of escape yeah, yeah so um yeah create I, I will i'll share the details with you but phenomenal charity if anybody does want to look them up yeah um, do some really great work fab sounds good up my street as well all that creative i might um get in touch with them and see if i can help in any way absolutely yeah they're, they're always looking for help um and they're they're a brilliant charity i'd, I'd really recommend having a look at them Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you again very much for coming on. I'm sure a lot of people have got some value from that and I could sit here for hours talking about everything, <laughs> but I know you're a busy man, so I really appreciate you taking time to come on today. Thank you. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.